My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. I'm Ben. Wow. Okay. Hi, I'm Josh. <laughs> and I'm the additional Josh. Hey. And the tradition continues. And welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we're going to talk everything Mando for this episode. We got the premiere very early in the AM for me in Texas at 2 AM. I stayed up. I watched it. I watched all the reaction. Zane. I watched all the red carpet stuff that like flowed into Twitter and some people were actually dropping like little pieces of video and a little bit of like spoilerage. They they aired two episodes for season three in a theater on Hollywood Boulevard, and they actually had a red carpet and they cut out the square that had John Favreau's star. I just posted it on Facebook. I thought that was a really nice touch. But yeah, um, yeah before we get going, I definitely want to thank our patrons, um, our H. Our awesome patron supporters on the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, and Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Finrear526, Maya Morris, Texas Vader76, and on the black tier, we have Maka Tawatala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and Liam McCallion. Evan and Liam were probably going to meet in London, and they're probably in the chat right now. We get a whole bunch of comments coming in. So yeah, Liam and Evan are there. So, on to the episode. So, first of all, I actually want to get your guys' initial thoughts. Um, what did you guys think of the episode? I, I guess let's get a rating before we get underway here. Colin? I think it goes without saying, though, just going forward. If you haven't seen the actual episode yet, go watch it. Spoilers coming your way. Uh, but for me, it was an 8 out of 10. Uh, I thought that... They had a lot in the episode. They like jam packed a lot, but I think it was done in a tasteful way. And it wasn't like, whoa, this is way too much. I think they did it in a way where they, uh, they definitely, um, they definitely built up what the season is going to be like. And I think that's what's great. And they planted seeds here and there. I wasn't expecting anything to happen w- with IG-11, so I thought that was a happy surprise. Um, and the beginning threw me off for sure. But yeah, I'm super, super excited. And I, 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 I really enjoyed this episode. Even though it was short, I think they put a lot in there in a very tasteful way. Ben? ben? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it about a 6 out of 10. Okay. Um, it. Like, it wasn't bad by any means, but I just felt like even though there was a lot of stuff going on, uh, there wasn't a lot of substance, really. You know, and I, I understand it's setting up for the season. That's fine. It, it did a good job of setting that up. I'm, I'm more than excited for what's going to happen next, especially with the Pirates. But um, yeah. I just felt like a whole lot happened while a whole lot of nothing was happening, which, again, is fine because I know they're just setting up for the for the rest of the season. 
um, for me, I'm probably going to say like a, like a, maybe like a seven right now. Um, okay. It's definitely going to be like the shortest of the episodes that we have as a beginning episode. Um, in comparison to the other two seasons, I believe this is probably like the least favorite out of the, yeah. the Mandalorian wise. Um, I still liked it. There's a lot of setup to other things, of course. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what comes from this. I did like uh, different uh, tidbits of things, and it's it's great to be back in this this timeline, this world, back to be with Mando, um, as opposed to all the other stuff that we've been seeing with Star Wars. I mean, it's like this is the good part of Star Wars right now. So I'm I'm yeah. happy to be back with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd give I have to agree with Ben. I'd give it a six out of ten, just solely on the fact that I'm, I I herald Mando season one and two is great episodic storytelling of having like individual episodes that you could just watch and yeah they set up stuff but they all kind of have their own individual stories this one kind of felt like it was almost a like a, another book of boba fett like end credit scene where it's kind of just like setting up all of our characters and dishing out the cards so we're ready for the season but on the whole it didn't have that much substance that i was like content after watching the episode itself interesting i think i give it an eight out of ten i, I really liked it i liked everything that they kind of jam-packed in that 29 minutes of actual footage that we got. So without further ado, from this point on, we're going to go full spoilers, full breakdown. I'm going to bring up the episode here and uh, scrub through it, and we can just kind of go through it here. So, of course, we get the iconic Lucasfilm logo. And uh, there you see my head. (laughs) And we start off very kind of ominously here in a cave where we have the armor at her forge making something that I kind of thought was something maybe along the lines of like a helmet for Grogu. I thought this was maybe a ceremony bringing him officially into the clan here. And you can see that it's something flat. that's about to be shaped And of course we find out that it's actually what appears to be a helmet that you find at a toy store with a thick visor, which was kind of surprising. I always see those helmets out there like at party shops and stuff with a really thick visor and have always kind of shaken my head at that because this doesn't look official. Now it's official, apparently. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then we lead out in a ceremony here out of, out of the cave where that helmet was forged. We see a ton of Mandalorians. And obviously it's a ceremony. There's a boy out there in the lake. And I think it's safe to assume that most people thought maybe this was a flashback. Maybe Din Djarin mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. his kind of yeah. progression. But uh, we kind of find out later on that that's not the case. And I don't know if you guys know this, that kid has actually been in a lot of Disney stuff. That's actually Jimmy Kimmel's son, Wesley. Oh, Kimmel. okay. And 
yeah, he's he's getting to be in just about everything, I guess. He's in Marvel stuff, he's in Lucasfilm stuff now. But yeah, just seeing all these Mandalorians on the shore here, it's pretty pretty cool to see. And there's a close up of his face there. I really liked seeing more of the religious aspect of their sort of sect clan. Um but yeah, it's it's yeah, I definitely thought this was a like a little flashback first and I was like, "Meh." Nah. And then it got into like more in the episode and I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. This is one of my favorite parts of the episode of just seeing more of what their creed is about. Yes. And I think this also shows the importance of him taking off his helmet. And we find out later like this, I mean, which we kind of already know, but this has the different clans of, of the Mandalorians divided. Um, and I think it will – I think by the end of the season, here's my prediction, is that I th- I think that he'll be ready to, you know, go back to his way of, of the of the old clan way of, uh, um, of being a Mandalorian where he never takes off his helmet. But then I think he'll realize, you know what, that's not true, and then we'll see him actually taking off his helmet more. That's that's one of my predictions, and I see that going around online too. But yeah. So if you watch the episode, you actually get some shots of Paz Vizsla there on the shoreline, and some people are thinking that maybe that kid in the water has something uh, of a relationship with Paz Vizsla, maybe a son, same maybe color. a cousin, yeah. nephew. Yeah, same mm-hmm. color as well. Paz is one of the only ones that's not in like rank and file. He's actually turned looking at the kid, especially like among the adult Mandos, which that was really interesting as well. Yeah. When he puts the helmet on as well, doesn't it make the same sound that Vader's helmet does when it uh, seals? Yes. 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 I noticed that as well. I thought that was a bit interesting. Yeah, they've been doing that this whole time, which um, I don't, is there like an airlock on the on the Mando helmets? Bose does. Bo has an extra like neck piece that magically appears anytime it's on her that it like okay. actually goes all the way in. Uh, okay. But not a lot of them. like I know armor doesn't. Din doesn't. I specifically yeah. just remember it for Bo. Yeah. And Paz Vizsla, of course, is voiced by John Favreau, but played physically by Tate Fletcher, who was the uh, bully in the bar in the very first episode of season one. Yeah. So yeah, here is the uh, official baptism christening by the armor. There's a lot of cool screenshots for this. Like you could completely take this as a screenshot and then take it and then uh, put it as like background photos. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And of course, we get the huge surprise. I thought when I saw those like ripples come up, those waves, I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get the mythosaur in the first episode. But no, it's just like turtle gator creature. (laughs) (laughs) Average day in Florida. I was not uh, expecting it. I just me neither. like like to me like of just that whole scene came out of left field. I was like, oh wow, the, 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 this is a very nice, you know, quiet ceremony moment. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> and they just start blasting. It's like, all right, okay, Star Wars, here we go, let's go. And I, um, how do we like the creature? Yes, more more aliens in Star Wars. I love it. <laughs> It's great. More creatures. I mean, it's uh, it's something. Uh, all mythosaurs are kind of dead. 
technically from what we know. So, I mean, it's it's cool to see more things that can uh, randomly pop up. I, I like anything new, especially creature design. Do we have a name for the creature yet? I don't think so. Not not one that I've seen okay. or anyone list or anything. But yeah, you can see I the background. There's a lot of kid mandos running around as well. I wish we'd just seen the creature actually move up onto the beach a bit more instead of just sort of staying at the you know at the edge of the water instead of that just coming up on the beach and really causing some havoc i just felt like it sort of surfaced a bit and then decided ah, i guess i'm staying here yeah it also did the thing that th that a crocodile and an alligator would do where it rolls on its back yeah the yeah. death roll yeah so it's like oh, okay um and we definitely saw a couple of them get eaten which was sad <laughs> it was interesting that the Mandalorians pretty much did no damage to it whatsoever. I thought that was kind of like, I don't know, off-brand a little bit for the Mandalorians. Two episodes in a day with creatures that whose armor plating can deflect blasters, apparently. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we will do that breakdown next. Later, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, one, one quick side note before we get too far ahead. I also really liked um, the armor using a plasma cutter cutting out the visor for the kid. Uh, yeah. That was a really neat tool to see that we haven't seen used in Star Wars before that is really prevalent in anything Metalworks, so that was really fun to see. So yeah, we get the N1 Starfighter show up that was uh, introduced in, in the Book of Boba Fett, and we all kind of realize it's not a flashback, guys. It's real time. And... The Mandalorian, Din Djarin, saves the day, even though he's not a Mandalorian anymore. So, wasn't you know, sure if anyone was... Well, I think it was super funny because there was the shot where he kind of, yep, so it's right there. He he opens up the cockpit. He is giving them a look. And even though you can't see the facial expressions, you know under, under the helmet, they're all just like, nope. Want, want nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're um, back in the forge. We get the whole conversation with the armor again. That I, I, I love her new area. I, I think her, her new area looks, you know, awesome in a cave. And I also love when they kind of turn a cave into like into this base type thing because we see it through a lot through Star Wars. We saw the echo base we even see it um um over at galaxy's edge uh and it's a it's kind of a star wars tradition so i love how they're kind of carrying that into um uh in, into this as well and it just it, it looks awesome i love the set design we don't know exactly what planet this is right no we don't yeah as far as i know but if a, if additional Josh has proven us in the past, he will start hacking, and he'll find oh, out. I'll, I'll pull it up first, Jamie. I, sorry, I was trying to find something that's later in the episode. What do I need to try and find? <laughs> um, uh, of the the name of the planet. Name of the planet. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone still believes that Mandalore is totally destroyed, and of course, I think. Our assumptions are that it's not. We're going to go back to Mandalore. We're going to see the living waters. So we get the re-explanation of Mandalore being destroyed. There you go in the caption. Do you think that there will be something that will come along 
in the whole like hieroglyphs that will be like, yeah, you don't actually have to wear your helmet. It's pretty like, <laughs> like I, I feel like there's going to be something or some point or turning point where everyone's going to be like, oh, so this is the actual way of the Mandalore. Like this is what we're actually meant to be, all be together. And it's actually about dropping us from being like, you know, different sex. We're all meant to be together. Like, now, are you hoping for a shot of where a bunch of them will just start taking off their helmets and then the then the armor is like the last one to take her helmet off and she's like, oh, okay. Because it's if, uh. I, <laughs> I think if they do that for Paz Vizla, that's going to be really interesting because John Favreau is doing the voice. So and you think we his, would see John Favreau's his face underneath it because you got that toy that has his face. Well, yeah, yes, but it's not him wearing the armor like though in the actual show. So yeah, just, do you yeah. think John Favreau will wow, just start a close up headshot from just <laughs> up here? Well, that's what they did for Pedro in season from, one. Yeah, to be fair. And, and- and Vader as well. Yeah, Vader and Turn the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So that's not out of the realm of possibility that they just have him put it on for you know a day of filming. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So yeah, we got the piece of glass with the Mandalorian writing that's presented to the armor here, and then the, the armor thinks, well, maybe not everything was destroyed. The way that they explained it was that from all of the um, from the night of where they just bombed the entire capital the bombs kind of created a poisonous gas and it turned the ground to crystal, right? And Well, the fusion yeah. uh, rays, she said, and we all know Sabine made a weapon for the Empire that can melt Beskar as well. Mm-hmm. Very Halo. Glass yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, cool. They have not released an episode guide, so I was not able to find either the planet's name or the creature's name, both in closed captions of the show and on Wikipedia or StarWars.com. So I feel like we'll find out within the next week or so, like in a couple of days, something like that. Yeah, they'll probably drop it in the episode guide. All right. This is this is very, very important. It was a very small scene, but this is very, very important. <laughs> I yeah. thought this scene was going like really slow. We we're gonna lead up to a, a a memory, a flashback to Order sixty six at this point, but we didn't yeah. get that. Uh, so we have Grogu being like, "Wow, this is hyperspace. This is great." And th- th- then he just kind of looks out the window more, and we see a purgle. And we haven't seen them since Star Wars Rebels, but this is also a, a direct tie to Ezra and Thrawn, and um. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I just, I love the, um, I, I love how they threw that in. And I think Grogu kind of connected with them. And that's why he was like, wait, I've never done that before. And he like kind of crawled through like the vent thing and, and the ship and he crawled into his lap, which that was adorable. Uh, and I just, um, I, I loved that they show the Purgles. How do we like the scene? Was it like oh like ah it's it's it, it's kind of throw it's kind of a throwback to rebels or was it more like a ooh like this is important going forward? Yeah, I think this is like the big drop like we got with season one, season yeah. two, when we got Baby Yoda, then we got Boba Fett reveal. I guess this was it for this season. The the fact that we have that connective tissue now built in and we're gonna go forward now and this is really happening where we're gonna lead up to the climactic event with Ahsoka and skeleton crew and whatever 
show they include. And if you look closely there, this is like a wide shot, and you can see the N1 Starfighter there right in the middle. Yeah. I think we'll see them more live action probably in, in Ahsoka and maybe towards the end of of the season of Mando. Um, I think they were definitely just kind of showing this scene to hint at, you know, and, and Ezra and Thrawn are coming, which we already know. But I think that was like a right. big like, hey, here they are. They're coming. Don't worry. We hear you. These characters are coming. I think that was the main in, in, in importance of the scene. So, it's so cool to see that one starfighter, man. Oh man, it's it's awesome. And we see the gauges. Yeah, the, the Mandalorian is trying to teach Grogu, I believe. Actually, a little later on in the episode, but we, that's a cool shot of the the operator panel inside the cockpit there. And of course, we don't land on Tatooine. I'm disappointed we land on Navarro. <laughs> Don't worry. Tatooine will come. <laughs> Tatooine will come. Oh. <laughs> and so we get, yeah, Din and Grogu out of the N1 Starfighter. Grogu has a new pram that he's floating in. It's, I don't know, maybe made out of Beskar. No, it has a light in front of it. But yeah, they walk the streets of Navarro. And... They roll up on a Mon Cal. Yeah, there was a lot of aliens. I, it kind of feels like they did take audience and fan suggestion that we need more aliens kind of walking around because we yes. do see quite a few. And we see a, an ebony-colored protocol droid, which we know those are the most expensive to buy. I'm really hoping that, that Mon Calamari was uh, Adam Savage. He got to fulfill his season two dream that never came through. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, sure. So yeah, we get a close up of the statue that we got in a previous season of IG Eleven. He's standing on a mound of stormtrooper helmets there, victorious, even though he blew up. I didn't think that the top part of his body was the actual droid. Like, uh, I mean, like I didn't think that was like actual IG Eleven. I thought it was just a statue. So. When like they took half of it off, I was like, "Wait, what?" Like that. It's almost like the bomb was in his chest, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's why it threw me off. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I saw the yeah, different that's... finishes, and I was like, "Cause you know, normally like on statues, you see like the really bronze areas are the places yeah. people are touching a lot, like the finger, the knee, or whatever." And I saw it was, like his entire legs and one arm was very bronze, and then other parts like this really weathered, dingy copperish i was like that that's odd that that's where like people are touching like that's where most yeah. of the contact is his legs but not like the drooping hand yeah. uh but yeah, so I, I was like i wonder what that is and that was obviously paid off very soon after yeah then we get the uh predator handshake there mm-hmm. and yeah grief Karga has, <laughs> has totally done a huge makeover there and he's got droids carrying yeah i know i escape. saw those and i was like oh interesting that was kind of funny and I think and I'm this is the first time we saw this type of droids, too. Yeah, they're very prequel-ish, yeah. in a way. But I was going to say, I'm wondering if that's Chris Bartlett in that protocol droid off to, I off to the right. I think Chris... Or, or, okay, so I think he's in the... I think he's the droid that we see in the office, right? Because that's not the same droid right there. Yeah, it is. I oh, it is? It is? Okay, cool, yeah. yeah. 
It's it's a golden okay. droid like three PO. Okay. But we know that he played the teacher at the school that we saw. So we see that same teacher. So he might be that droid as well. Be cool. Coming up here. So yeah, they make it to the high magistrate's office. <laughs> Get it right, okay. On the high, yeah. <laughs> it's Captain Jack Sparrow. And he's like, "Come again." His name is Grogu. If you say so. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. And then, of course, this is the scene that we all got from the marketing, where Grogu was forced spinning in the chair, and Grief Karga throughout this whole period is offering him a job to to stay and settle down on Navarro. Trying to show him a plot of land, live off the fat of the land. But of course, Din Djarin still has it in his mind that he wants to become a Mandalorian, a child of the watch, and keep his helmet on forever and ever. And then we see the uh, force grab of the uh, orange Skittles there. Mm, yum. And see, I think this is Chris Bartlett. Yeah. And I, and I messaged him. And I asked him if that was him, but he hasn't <laughs> returned my message yet. So, well, he was also at the premiere like yesterday too, right? What? Well, I mean, everyone was on social media afterwards too. So, right. I mean, so yeah, I'm thinking this is him. And of course, we get the pirates. Not Hondo. Yeah. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted them to kill Hondo? Well, I didn't think they would end up, you know, killing. Well, first off, we know he wouldn't because we know where his story is like way later on. Yeah. But I, I, I saw like the kind of jacket and I was like, no way. And then I was like, oh, I like wait, his little hat great. on his shoulder. I was like, hey, I know that hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how it's not just one species. Um because for some of the gangs in the past that we've seen in um, in Mando, it's just been one species. So I like how it's um, how it's a Buikwei, it's a Quarren, it's a it's a Nikto. We've got different um, species. I think we've seen all of these from from both seasons, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. they just yeah. shared the costumes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we get a name drop here, Pirate King Gorian Shard, that we get to see later on. Yeah, which I was not expecting that look. I don't think anyone was. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I also love how. With it. Yeah, I also love how like we are reminded that this is a space type western, um, because that's what the show really is, uh, and we get that feeling of them being in the old west and i love how it, the show still has that vibe even though the show is constantly changing and, and adapting to um all the other shows coming out like with ahsoka and skeleton crew and and, and the book of Boba fed everything so it's still the same but yeah. different at the same time same but different and you just got him kind of Leaning against a tree and being like, all right, if I have to step in, I'll step in. But I think he's got it. Yeah. Very Western showdown. Did you think that they were actually going to shoot each other? Or did you think it was just going to be one of those like, ah, you know, it's fine. You know, don't worry about it. We'll we'll go on our way. The latter. I, I didn't think there was going to be a shooting. Right? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. whoa, there's actually shooting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and Groot Karga is actually a crack shot. He shot the gun out of that guy's hand. 
Well, he also probably learned his lesson from when he um like he probably wanted to get more skilled with the blaster after he had that shootout with Mando. So, yeah. maybe he practiced more. There's a moment in here, I think we can maybe catch it, where they address uh, where Cara Dune is at. Yes. <laughs> Which was very surprising. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I I mean, I didn't think they were just going to kill her off, but I didn't think they would like kind of say, you know, hey, <laughs> she's part of Special Forces again. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, That's... Uh, we we can bring her back some other time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, One Miller comic book later, back, right? Huh? They can bring is Miller back for something, surely, surely, right? <sighs> I'm excited for that press tour. That's oh. gonna be a great press tour. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, put they don't have to have him on the press tour, but yeah, I think no. the whole Ezra Miller stuff was happening while they were shooting too, or it happened after they shot the Flash. So, I don't After, know. I different think. situation, but yeah. yeah. So, Din Djarin is saying, I need him back. He wants IG 11 specifically, which is a huge 180 turn from what we learned of him in season one, that where he just hated droids. He wouldn't even ride in a taxi that was piloted by a droid. So, he wants his friend back. I guess he wants to hang out with Taika again. So, that's no. where we learn. Do we think that he will like actually come back and voice IG11 because he's so busy? So he doesn't care as long as he's getting paid. I reckon he will. True Kiwi life. Yeah, very Kiwi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pedro can be on the set of The Last of Us and just do a voice recording. I was going to say that man has been absolutely going ham lately. Yes. Yeah, so we take the actual parts of IG11 off. Try and fix them on the table, kind of hot wire. The 11, you can see kind of like a spine there. Some vertebrae. It's interesting. I love how Grogu's just on the table. I'm just being like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then Dijarin does it. He brings back the IG droid. But if you notice there, his eyes are white for a second. And then they turn red and he goes full. Terminator. Hunting John Connor mode there. We've never seen his eyes be white before. Like even when he was a nurse droid, they were still red. So that was interesting. Okay. Yeah, I have the when he removes his helmet pulled up right now, and they were still red then. So they, uh, okay. they really used that just to like the really showcase light. the change because they couldn't besides the one thing that could actually change on his body, which is that. Yeah. And then Grief Karga has a bust of himself in his office, and that protocol <laughs> droid or the droid. Pushes the bus, crushes IG 11. Yeah. I also loved how he also tossed Grogu yeah. over to him. Like, <laughs> you're catching him. Jeez, look at that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Catch. Yeah, because he's just. Like... <laughs> oh, man. I wonder how many uh, models of Grogu they have for this season. Because it must have like close-up model, like model in bag, model in pram, and then you got like like oh, tossing yeah. model, one you can interact with. I feel Different like they would have so and... many. It's probably more every season. They just keep making more and more and more. 
And of course, we get the dialogue here that uh, droid smiths are out there. And I immediately knew it was going to be the Anzalins that we saw in the trailer. But we didn't see Babu Frick himself. <laughs> it's his voice, though. Yes. Right. Charlie yeah. Henderson yeah. voiced all the, the Frickers. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you really feel. <laughs> oh, I love him. I have many Babu Frick behind me, if you can zoom in. <laughs> Uh, background there i loved how they have like a small door and yeah. they have like a small garage and then you kind of zoom on they uh, yeah like how, how did you get in there <laughs> how did you get in there that's my question that's a winnie the pooh scenario if i've ever seen one yeah oh man and of course yeah directed by rick famayua he sticks uh mando in another very tight and closed space like he did in chapter two on the sand crawler next to uh the jawas it's probably uh, my uh, favorite Grogu interaction of this episode. Yeah. Uh, again, I yeah. love the I love the set design. Like it's it's so detailed. Yeah. It's awesome. I and, would love to see these things in like Galaxy's Edge, where it's like just like you see like the little door, and you could hear behind the door. It's people like them working on stuff. That'd be cool. Digging out of their drawer depot, they could totally. That do would that. be cool. That'd yeah, be really cool. Yeah. yeah, like that seems like so little, little doors, like every little bit. Yeah. This was one of the few episodes it was hard for me to not directly notice that they were filming on the volume. Like it felt like all the mm -hmm. sets were like, especially mm -hmm. all the scenes in Navarro on the streets, they felt much more wide and expansive. And we got many different locations on the Navarro streets or like season one, you can kind of see like, Oh, we're shooting on this part of Navarro, this part of Navarro is yeah. much more easy to tell that they were filming it on the volume. Yeah. I felt it was most obvious uh, at Bo-Katan's mm -hmm. castle. When he yeah. first pulls up there, I felt like that was the worst offender for the uh, for the episode. Yeah, no. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, uh, Din Djarin's given the uh, information that he needs to find a chip, I believe, to uh, bring back IG Eleven the way he was as the nurse droid. But uh, he makes a detour to this planet. And this is where Dinjarin kind of trains Grogu in the ways of the Mandalorian. Do we think that we'll end up getting um, Grogu's first word this season? <laughs> Dad! <laughs> <laughs> this is the way! What? I want, I want his first few words and I want them to come out of order. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so good. That would be great. But um, we know that Yaddle doesn't speak like that. So it's I don't care that Yaddle others. speaks normally. I want Grogu <laughs> to speak incorrectly. I don't As care. a nod to Yoda, or do you want him to speak permanently like like Yoda? I I think there's there's just enough mystery around like why Yoda speaks that way. I think having Grogu speak similarly would be enough like tantalizing information to have his questioning for a good few years. Well, we know that he could speak through the force. Like, do you technically have to be force sensitive to hear that? Because I, I think that they would do something where they would be like, Grogu has a deep connection with Mando and he like is now allowed to be able to hear him. And he speaks for him sometimes instead of him always speaking. Could like you well, imagine well, him just like kind of taking a nap and then all of a sudden like he just hears this voice in his head and then he's like what and then he's like dude i'm hungry and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> it, 
Hey, yo, can I get a glass of water? You're asleep, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we get pirates showing up. The same yeah, guy I love Carga this. Left alive. And yeah, this is the footage that we saw Word. on the panel at Celebration. Avast. <laughs> I was not a um. So again, they they, they definitely jam packed this episode, even though it was short. There was a lot happening, but I think it was done in a way where it the, where it didn't feel rushed. Um, I least, agree, fast yeah. and intense, but not rushed. Yep. And I also loved how we got a bunch of different action shots of of the Nobu Starfighter that we haven't seen really since the Phantom Menace, like of it, like like you know, doing flips and stuff like that. That definitely was. Something we haven't seen since. That yeah, movie. Th there were some shots where it almost seemed like it was jumping from rock to rock almost. It was really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rick like right really here, likes his uh, rock to rock. kind of, you know, horror esque Mandos uh, yeah. <laughs> episodes. So this was kind of yeah. a fun nod to that. I don't think we've seen these type of pirate ships before either. Not the fighters, but. No. The giant cruiser, the cruiser. If we could go back to look at it, that actually looks a lot like an eclipse class dreadnought, imperial eclipse class imperial dreadnought. Yeah, well, because I saw like the tip of the ship, and I feel oh, like we've seen that before. I just can't yep. think of where. it's it's the eclipse class legends dreadnought. That's oh, the okay, that okay. has that kind of somewhat hammerhead look to it but yeah. for like you know with an imperial triangle in front yeah because i love how the turrets are manned as well like the uh like the old clone transports yep because what yeah because it should be around this corner right okay oh, <laughs> darn it such a quick shot go frame by frame go go yeah and... disney plus doesn't let us stop your of us enhance darn <laughs> so um uh i Okay, so you said that ship's from Legends, right? Yep, it is a Legends-only ship. The, the now, Eclipse Dreadnought has okay. never appeared. I think that's the best that we'll get. Okay. Um, do you think we'll see... Do you think that's the last of... No. Okay. I, right. I would oh, not oh. spend this much the of a budget one? setting up <laughs> this random like pirate captain to be like, and no. he's gone. <laughs> Can't wait for this top to be on Star Tours. Don't hold your breath. They haven't added like that would be cool. They <laughs> haven't cool. added anything since uh, since Rise of Skywalker, which I think if which they I'm added planets, because they should do something with Mando, and I yeah. wouldn't doubt that they'll end up doing like a Mandalore thing. Eventually. No, I can't. The paint job also reminds me a little bit of uh, Saw Gerrera's uh, X-wing fighters and his headhunters yeah headhunters in legend in, in the fantasy flight game but like kind of like the black and white striping kind of reminded me of kind of that insurgency pirate design nice okay we can finally talk about the the king pirate swamp Baby thing. yeah because <laughs> of like i um i was not expecting that design i don't think we know the species name or anything yet um <laughs> How do we feel about um, Captain Davy Jones Swamp here? Swamp thing. Yeah, like just like, like. I love very it. It's, it's a design. new creature, new design. It looks like fun. I I can't wait to see more of this because I would love to know some more history on who these people are, 
why they're doing their thing and whoever this guy really is. I'd love to see it. For me, it felt like um, something sort of straight out of uh, out of uh, the Clone Wars TV show, sort of on the earlier seasons, whenever we'd get you know a, a new separatist general or something, and that'd mm-hmm. just be this sort of campy out there um, villain. And I don't, I'm just getting I'm just getting vibes of that, especially his scream at the at the end, closing uh, closing in on his face, just it just sort of brought me back to that. And I've, I'm most excited for this guy, Warthog Definitely. Man. it felt like a maz eisley canteen like a classic episode four like we don't have the money to make these elaborate aliens let's just get a party silly city gorilla mask and duct tape on (laughs) vine swamp stuff and call it a day another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Never trust a pirate. <laughs> he just hits the boosters. That's an awesome shot. Got some teeth there. And then we go to another planet. I think the Mandalorian does mention the name of the planet, which was kind of interesting. This is what's the name? Uh something I believe it starts with a C or a K. Er. K. Kalevala. Yeah, is this in canon? Have you ever heard of this? Kalevala. Oh, Kalevala. Okay. Yeah, okay. I got stuff blocking the name in front of me. That sounds familiar. Uh, Kalevara is a 19th century work of epic poetry, apparently, if case that sounds familiar to you. But it actually did appear in Legends uh, in the Mandalore sector. So it already was something that existed. Now, does this castle exist in Legends or no? Uh, actually, Kalevala has history with the Death Watch from the Clone Wars. Okay, uh, there you go. The Death Watch did a bombing on Kalevala, uh, an apparent, and they killed Deputy Minister Jarek. So it has had some prevalence in two episodes of the Clone Wars by mentioned in Voyage of Temptation and Duchess of Mandalore. Ah, there you go. Yeah, and you look at the castle. The front of the castle looks like the uh, the visor of a helmet. Oh, okay. This is the only uh, time that we've had this castle, though. Now, that droid looks awesome because it looks like it's wearing, like, the Mandalorian armor, but we know it... I mean, it, it could be armor. I don't think it's armor. Um, yeah. But the droid build is very interesting. I can already see Hunter just getting ready to... <laughs> Build that in his garage. <laughs> That's gonna be his new custom Mando chest plate. Is gonna yeah, or so are. Yeah, my question is, how does Grogu get out of the N one Starfighter into the pram and then come out? Good point. Well, because the engine is now where right. Ashmix used to be sucked up directly under the port, but now Mando has this giant third engine pod right under there. Yeah. I was also, so I mean, rebuild. 
you've also got that vent system in there too that they probably added for him because I wasn't expecting him from like to be in there and then like crawl like into Mando's lap when when he saw the purgle. Exactly. So, I think we all initially yeah. thought that he was just stuck in that like droid yeah. area. Now, David, do you think that the ship that they used on this was the same one that we saw at the Mandalorian experience? Yes, that's um, exactly same one. Yeah, because I've seen that ship in person, guys. I'm telling you what, I, 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 I was crying. <laughs> I, I saw that. I was, it was huge like, in person. Yeah. And it's kind of surprising how large it was. And they had Grogu would just kind of like they actually had like a working Grogu where he would kind of go around the room and then like every like ten minutes he would just wave and like to uh, like a like a different person. Yeah, or, they had a puppeteer or, over in the corner, which was really fun. Oh, it was it was yeah. so cool. Was I think awesome. they had a puppeteer working that and working the Bantha as well. Yes, yeah. that Bantha, Bantha was guys. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, they, they had like three dudes in that Bantha. Yeah. <laughs> Sweating it out. That's one way to make a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> so, the scene is from the trailer. We've got this giant castle. It's really weird just seeing one person just, you know, just sitting there. And she's she's owning that throne. Like, she's got her, like, leg, you know, just kind of cr- crossed over it. Like, kind of like, hey, this is my kingdom. How can I help you? I really don't want to help you, but how can I? I like, mean, she's got that vibe going to her. I get the opposite feeling from that. It's kind of more like a, for me at least, it's like a defeated look. Like, yeah. welcome. Hey, uh, yeah, as you can see, just me here, just chilling. <laughs> Can't really do much about it. You know, uh, all of our sex are, you know, kind of broken off. So, I mean, I still don't have the dark saber. Obviously, you do, but, you know, cool, whatever. What do you mean? I kind of think that this is all part of her plan, and she's just posturing here. She's just kind of waiting for all this to kind of go down because she knows how the children of the watch work. She knows that Dinjar needs yeah. to go bathe, go back to Mandalore. She can get back to Mandalore, hopefully in the next episode, and maybe I don't know, maybe kill Dinjar, attempt to kill him. We see them working together in the trailers. And I think we right, see them fighting at one point. A, an act, you know? Yeah. I just don't... Yeah, I mean... I just think the whole thing is just very, very suspicious. Like, of just the way that she talks in the scene. And you can definitely see that, like, she's... She's kind of tricked him of being like, you know, hey, I'm I'm kind of your ally, but I'm I'm like, you know, I'm still mad at you, or, or the I'm 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 the antagonist. I will kill you for the dark saber so I can leave yeah. my people. And look at that mural. <laughs> look at that yeah, mural no, up there awesome. as well. I love the set design for this. Yeah, it, it, it kind of looks like the the entrance to uh, Doc Ondors and yeah, Doc's edge a little bit with the uh, the background. From uh, Palpatine's office. Yes. Yep. That too. See a huge castle, one chair, no TV, no smartphone, nothing entertaining. <laughs> well, she she probably doesn't have any Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah kind of I kind of there. Uh. Something that, that a lot of people are talking about is her new wig that they gave her for this season. Uh, I posted about that. Yeah, uh, it definitely looks more like 
her hairstyle that she had um and and in rebels and the clone wars it it definitely looks more of that hairstyle than what she got uh in season two i think it looks a lot better than the season two wig yeah agreed So we hear more again about the living waters, going back to the mines. There's nothing there. Mandalore was destroyed. And that's the episode. And of course, we get the tradition of the art of the episode right afterwards. And it looks more like a snapping turtle more than an alligator in the uh, production art. Uh, Something that 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 Josh and I were talking about earlier. Well, um, the, uh, not 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 Tolkien, Josh, but additional Josh. Um, uh, we were talking uh, about how you could tell that Ludwig um, did not really do the music for this one. You could um, tell. I didn't think you really could. We all was, knew it was Joseph Shirley, but I actually, I actually didn't know that. I was under the impression it was still Ludwig, uh, yeah. but when all the pirates get shot, there's this, there's this one musical cue that was straight out of the original trilogy, and I was like, okay, Ludwig didn't do this. Yeah. So I was watching through the credits, specifically looking for that text right there. I was like, oh, okay, I was right. Dang. Yeah. So really, I, I think his work is extremely important, just in the introduction of new themes that kind of fit this universe so well. That's a great shot of that cruiser. That's sick. Yeah. Uh do we know who voiced the pirate king yeah I, yeah i just saw it. it's an english actor producer let me find that again okay yeah because it's about to come up here in the credits because when i first heard his voice it sounded very very familiar i'm gonna mispronounce this uh so i'm just gonna type it in the chat and another person can mispronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh we're about to see it here in the credits Non so, uh, oh, brother. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was a brother from that. another mother. Can't, can't I, I believe say, that. Probably the person that starters probably shouldn't be. Trying to pronounce <laughs> something. <laughs> uh, uh, um, let's see. You might know the name that I'm not going to pronounce as Zaro Zohan Doxos in yeah. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Oh, pronounce that. Yeah, Nanzo and Oz. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Jeppard in Netflix's Sweet Tooth. Oh, Ola Abisanya on Apple TV's Ted Lasso. Potentially including upcoming season three. (laughs) Yeah, I think most people know him from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay, so Chris Bartlett played the uh, copper droid, it says right here. Okay. So the droid that you see that comes out uh, in front of the school. And that school might have a part to play in Skeleton Crew as well. Carrie Jones came back and yeah. there's also misty, misty she's back Rohan. as well awesome that's so cool that's awesome yeah i uh, again i thought this episode was fantastic i'm excited for next week do we think we're going to tatooine or do we think we're going no. straight to go to mandalore okay yeah <laughs> i can't seem to remember i I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm I'm trying to put this into existence. I just want a shot of where he's flying into Tatooine, and we just see Max Rebo walking on the street. Oh. That's that's or <laughs> or of just him, just like just kind of in, in the marketplace, just something with Max Rebo where he's just there and there's a confirmation that he's alive. I know that he's alive in my heart, but I just want it to if, see if it on they, screen. If they go ahead and they confirm that he's dead, 
I mean, I would be the happiest man on earth. Like, imagine if wow, like <laughs> they go back to like Tatooine, right? And they've got like all these like statues of people, and then it's like it's got like Max Rubo's statue there. Poster of his band, and it's like remember Max. Yeah, exactly. I would, and cry. then Mando can take the torso and try to revive him. I would probably turn <laughs> off the episode for like an hour, and then I would like go back to watch. Jeez. It. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's the episode, chapter 17, The Apostate. There you go. And we got it's next week's a... episode, which is 42 ep- um, for 42 minutes. Yeah, this just dropped right before we started yeah. recording episode two. Minds of Mandalore runs for about 42 minutes, so that's 38, 37 minutes of actual footage. Yeah. So this season feels like it's going to focus on the history and the religious aspect of the Mandalorian way. Um, so what do you guys think of that currently? I, I wonder if they're going to, they'll be like, this is the history. This is where we're from. Um, but you can kind of choose your own destiny kind of feel. I but, want a flashback of like Tar Vizla, like actually, you know, um, of actually kind of building his lightsaber and just something like that, because we've only got kind of story visuals of Tarvizla. I know there was like the shadow thing in Rebels and then there was also like the kind of mention of him in the Clone Wars. But seeing a live action version of him, maybe uh, of him building his lightsaber and his journey of uh, I mean of being a Jedi or something or or just even showing the planet Mandalore thousands of years ago, just something like that. I think that would you know be great. Yeah, to me, that's another slam dunk idea for a movie. Yeah. I mean, we, we need to go back and see, because that's a very key point in Star Wars history, especially even more now that we have a Mandalorian TV show. You could draw yeah. a lot of people, maybe tie it into the Old Republic stuff as well, if you want to yeah. do something with that. And hopefully we get some type of announcement in London. At yeah. Celebration. Hopefully we're in the actual room where that happens i will find a way i'm, I'm telling you right now i am not i i uh, don't don't start with me because of <laughs> we all just know how i feel about the whole lottery thing but yeah no i am uh i'm excited for london uh i'm not sure uh david have we told told a lot of people yet or no about what about hayden going to london <laughs> <laughs> I think we said every episode. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I uh, so uh, David and I have um, are going to be doing a photo op with Hayden. Oh, and, oh that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, we're doing a photo op with Hayden and Ewan uh, over at Celebration, including with Andy Circus. So I'm so pumped for that. The yeah, I've never met Hayden. Colin's I, never met Ewan, and you know, neither of us have have met Andy Circus. So. Yeah, yeah, it should, that's that's nuts. It's bonkers. Yeah, I am, I'm so, I'm so pumped. I think just w- w- with that happening, all the news happening for Star Wars Celebration, and with all the new episodes of Mando, I know on the way there on April fifth because that's when we um, have our takeoff. Uh, I believe episode five will be coming out for. Um, well, no, no, I think it will be episode six. Uh, um, of the Mandalorian will we'll, we'll be coming out as we're as we're going on our way to London, and then on the twelfth, yes. So, and then episode seven um, will we'll be coming out on the day that we get back. Uh, and right. then I, I think something that 
that that the rumor is there's the potential of them showing the last two episodes of the Mandalorian um, over at Celebration in London to those who go to the panel. Something in the lines of kind of what they did um, for people who went to the Lucasfilm panel. And they were like, hey, here's the first two episodes of the of of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which that was an awesome experience because it, it, I think that's one of the only times that I'm going to be able to go to a red carpet premiere. So that was fantastic. And I hope they do something like that in, in London again. I don't know if I could see them dropping the last two episodes of a season, especially if last season ended on Luke Skywalker and everything that went into keeping that under wraps. I could see them just doing it for the people going to that panel. Maybe. I mean, that's what the, for Obi-Wan, the reason they released the two episodes early yeah. is because they showed those two episodes early and some dude recorded it and put it out on the internet. And they're like, eh. well, rumor has it that yeah. you know the recording did get out and rumor has it. They were like, uh, we should just release the episodes because everyone's just going to be able to see it now. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if they're going to want to risk showcasing, especially the last two episodes of the season three of The Mandalorian with everything that could happen with that. Maybe but just episode seven, then you know, the maybe, penultimate maybe. episode. Yeah. yeah. Because celebration ends on the 10th, I believe, right? Yeah. Maybe episode yeah. seven. I could see that, but I can definitely not see them doing episode eight. Yeah. And I got a feeling that episode eight will that will leave on a cliffhanger of some sorts. I I I I just have this feeling because they already know what season four is going to be. It's already written. The story is there, and I think that when the season four comes out, it like they won't skip a beat. Like it will be like, hey, this is where we left off. Here we go. It's it, it's not going to be you know, hey, what's the story going to be about? It's going to be they know exactly what it's going to. And then we'll have Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew happening, you know, um, at some point this year to kind of fill in that anticipation, you know, of season four of The Mandalorian. (sighs) Yeah. Yep. It's next month, man. Next crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, anyone else have any thoughts on this episode before we leave? It was good, and it's hyping up a lot more. Can't wait to see more and where they go with it. I like how they're going very religious with this these, this first episode, and I like the new titles for the next epi- couple of episodes. So I'm glad that we're actually going to start seeing lore for the Mandalorians um, on screen or live action um, so that we can have more uh, of your average uh, TV show or Star Wars fans be able to understand uh, more that goes into being a Mandalorian. I agree. Yeah. Also, yeah. if you don't want any spoilers, be careful. Don't go on Twitter. Don't search them out because uh, apparently they are out there from people that got to see the second chapter in season three. So beware. Okay. Pedro Pascal did low key leak something, um, and that's going online. <laughs> it was uh, very, like, it was very vague, vague, I mean, but yeah, but that can spark you know your imagination very quick so yeah um yeah yeah uh tune in um for uh because in an hour or so we're about to do our next um breakdown for the bad batch and they definitely picked up their game this week and i think it's because they knew the premiere of the mandalorian was coming out because i was surprised of like how like plot driven the episode was so stay tuned for that uh yeah awesome for additional josh josh ben colin my name's david 
May the force be with you. Always. <laughs>